I've got no one to tell and nowhere to go, but I've got a record deal. And, I, and it just kept going over yeah. and over it. I just sat there on my own phrase, and that was, it was wicked. I can remember it crystal clear, you know what I mean? Mate. And it felt like, I've done it, I've done it. Recorded live at Machine Sound London, this is the Band Before the Band Before podcast, and I am your host, Chaz Langston. And we are back fresh from the Easter holidays, ready for episode six. Just 660 episodes off the devil's favourite episode. I don't know who I have on for that. Maybe Barson. I am, of course, joking. Here's a murdering homophobic neo-Nazi. Anywho, let's skip past that. Welcome to episode six. And boy, have we got a good one for you. Now, my guest today was a hometown hero to me. We used to go and watch him live when we were younger, and he was one of the most frightening, engaging, awesome frontman I've ever seen in my life. And in this episode, he actually came and joined me live in Machine Sound Studios, and we got to talk about the good old days. During this episode, we reminisce about old sex cult metal band Rock Bitch. Yes, it's a real thing, trust me, you've got to see it to believe it. I'm pretty sure there's a documentary on YouTube. I will find the link and I will put it in the bio of the band before the band before's Instagram page. What a lovely little plug that was. We talk about the glory days of demoing for labels, travelling in the back of a van on patio furniture and going from gigging at mates barbecues to getting million pound record deals. Anyway, that's about enough of my rubbish. Let's get into episode six. He's my friend, he's your friend, he's the one and only from Grand Theft Audio, Mr. J. Butler. So I almost sound like I know what I'm talking about there. Yeah. But anyway. I'm sold, man. Jay Butler is in the house. What's happening? Grand Theft Audio. How are you doing, bud? I'm good, man. You good? Yeah, yeah, really good. Just saying, I obviously off air. It just went to your first gig. Well, it was your it was the band's second, but it's the first time I've seen you guys uh, since the first run when you were doing the second time you done Reading. I reckon was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I reckon yeah. I was last oh, time yeah. I see you guys. Yeah, well, it's just uh, yeah. You can say you were there at the second beginning. Yes, I was indeed, mate. <laughs> Which could have been the second ending if it hadn't gone well. But yeah, luckily, it mate, did. looked like you'd never been away. It's a fucking amazing gig, man. It's yeah, absolutely yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was good. It was it's good, good fun. to see you still up to usual tricks and hanging off the ceiling. And yeah, yeah. Well, it gets a, it gets a little bit harder the older you get, but I think <laughs> mate, that primate gene never leaves you, so <laughs> it's, it's not too not too tricky. All right, man. Let's get started, shall we? Yeah. All right. Me. Take us back to the beginning. Where were you born? Where are you from? Where was I born? I was born in um, Colchester, apparently, um, <laughs> according to the bit of paper where I don't actually remember it. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then I grew up uh, around, uh, my family lived in, in Benfleet, which is kind of like a muddy puddle a bit near South End. So it's like a kind of glamour, glamourless seaside yeah. <laughs> type place, <laughs> if you could get any more glamorous than, than South End. And then when I was 13, we moved to Chelmsford. Which what made is, you move to Chelmsford? Um, my mum and dad, I didn't have a say in it. I yeah, was only 12. <laughs> was it a musical household? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My, um, not not for my dad. My my dad, I don't think he'd mind me saying this either. My dad's got um, absolutely abysmal taste in music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's awful. Um, but my mum's like a massive music fan. So it was always, 
in the house. So it was like she's a massive jazz fan and blues and and then but she'd also have like everything kind of contemporary at the time. So like when I was a kid, she'd have like all Bowie's records, all the Who's record, all you know, like whatever was contemporary. She sort of like liked everything, and uh, and still does. Um, still probably the world's only octogenarian Faith No More fan. She's like a massive Yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to take her a couple of years ago and, it's, it, no and it hasn't been... She was like so stoked about it, but it, we haven't... Obviously, all this stuff's happened and then yeah. COVID and then... So I've still got the tickets. They're still here and I just keep thinking, Mum, just hang on. Just live another, another couple of years and then we'll do it. That's but, amazing. She's yeah, a big she Faith No it. More fan. Oh, mate, loves what it. What era is her favourite? I think she's a king for a day. Yeah, yeah, my favourite album. Yeah, that's the one, yep. isn't it, as well? Yep, the most underrated Faith No More album, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. But I was like, if, she, if she'd have gone real thing, I think we could have had problems, to be honest. We would have, yeah. Like, yeah, that would have been, I'd have stopped calling at that yeah. point. But yeah, I no, th- she likes the, the screamy, that sort of era. Yeah, the weird shit. Yeah. So, um... What was the first band that influenced you? What was the first time? What was the first thing that sort of like got you going? I don't know. I thought about this loads of times, and I think you sort of colour it in with what you wanted it to be. Do you know what I mean? Like I've I've re- I've done re- Stalinist revisionism about that loads of times, and gone, oh well, the first band that influenced me was the Sex Pistols, and you know, and all that. And I, I think if I'm really honest, it was probably something like a lot uncooler than that. Yeah. To, to be honest, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, I, and and I, it might have even been. Something as as rubbish as like U two or something like that, yeah. or yeah, probably because it was it was somewhere around that sort of early eighties period, and when you'd listen to you know when you just get like albums, it wasn't necessarily you you, you didn't pick music because you liked it, you picked music because there was an album in the house and you listened yeah, to it, right? And, and someone had, I think it might have been U two October or something like that, and I, I listened to it and I thought, oh, quite just did I like the guitar or something mm-hmm. I liked in it I don't think it was the vocals but then yeah the more obvious ones was later from that was then like Beastie Boys when when they sort of hit and that license to a album was like massive yeah. for me that was like oh yeah this this sort of speaks to me and then from that all the kind of punk rock stuff like the never mind the bollocks yeah, and, you know, yeah. the crash stuff and that that was like the yeah they were the entry level sort of records for yeah. me yeah so you've always been on the alternative side, even though your mum's I suppose big jazz so. Band. That, yeah, I mean, yeah, I did. I mean, like, I can remember listening when I was little, little. I used to used to play Count Basie Atomic, that album, over and over and over and over. And I like, and there were certain tracks on that that I would like. You know, like before you got any concept of music, you just the sounds. Yeah, and you just think, oh, that yeah. kind of. And I'd always be daydreaming about, oh, that sounds like that sounds like a mountain top, or you know, whatever you think of when you're five or whatever. Um, so it was that, you know, but that was like probably in its sort of like purest form without sounding too pretentious because no, you've got no like no knowledge of what music is or what it's yeah. there for. It was just yeah. like, I don't know, it was like someone saying, oh, do you want to have a lick of this Brussels sprout and then do you want to have a lick of this chocolate <laughs> finger and see which one you like, you know, and, and it was like you just got your tongue out all the time. It was like, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh. and then, you know, occasionally you get the odd sort of turd. <laughs> What led to you becoming a frontman? Um, or was it you a singer first? Or no, do you play no. any other instruments? I was I was a guitarist. Right. But, um unfortunately, like I was a fairly average guitarist, I'd say at best. And I I sort of I could jump around a lot and look good. I was like, you know, I had that bit down, but it was just the the playing bit was, you know, sort of secondary. And then um I'd been in a few bands doing that and then when it came but I'd always written songs and I'd always written the words because for some reason I'd always been in bands with singers who didn't like writing words or right. you know, whatever and singers I was always a bit of a man. yeah for, for, for <laughs> worse, they? but um, 
you know, and I was always like, I always liked that. I liked doing the, you know, I liked doing the drawing. I liked doing the graphics. I liked doing the, so it was like, to me, it was like a bit of a control freak thing. It was like, oh, cool, right. I'll do the words as well. And then right, l- quite late in the day, um, I started doing a band with um, Fraggle from Back to Back, you know. And uh, and we, originally, it was going to be us playing guitar. And he was just like, well, we kept getting all, you know, he's, there was no one around who could be a good front man. And he just said, well, why don't you do it? You, you know, you never shut up. Why? You know, and he was just, you do it. So it was sort of down to him, really. And he really, you know, all credit to him. For some reason, he spotted that I'd be a good show-off and just went, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then the guitar got put to one side and then it was like, I was away. And as soon as I did that, I was like, oh, yeah, this is my thing. But, you know, before that, I'd felt like a bit of a, a bit of a fraud, really. Yeah. I was a bit, yeah, I was a bit of a Sid Vicious. How did you start playing guitar? How did that all come about? Um, I, do you know what? And I think that was a Sex Pistols thing. Right. I, I, had a, I had a Sex Pistols album that I'd nicked off of this geezer called Tom, or he'd lent it to me, and, uh, and it had a picture on the back of the riverboat party. Um, you know, like when yeah. they were on the boat playing, and Steve Jones was, and it, and you know, I didn't care about Johnny. He was just Steve Jones looked wicked. He's old and he's like Les Paul, and he's really shouting, and he's got his legs apart. And I was like, that looks cool. Like yeah. I, I want to do that. And I think I went and bought a really well. No, I went and bought a really cheap white uh, Strat copy. So right. I got it totally wrong from the start. And that was just, <laughs> and then it was just like bedroom stuff. And in the end, there's only so long you can keep looking at yourself in the mirror. And I thought, oh, actually, I might try and play along. And then that was it. I just, you know, the same old story you've heard loads of times, like, never mind the bollocks, the first Clash album, easy to learn to play, just played along with them, played along with yeah. them, and then, and, then, and then discovered Fugazi and then thought, oh, actually, I'll try and, you know, sort of more that sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, so that, that was it for me. That was the way I started. So do you, did you start purely because of the music you were listening to or was the scene you were in where other people playing yeah, or anything well, do, like that? Do you know what? I... I, I, I thought about this a lot and you know because like we're from the same hometown is that it was just the timing do you know what I mean because yeah. I think I, I think I could have easily been one of those people like a lot of people who had a guitar had loads of records was interested in it and probably would have been an avid fan forever but may not have ever crossed mm. over into ever doing a band it was just that at the time all my peers and everyone I knew was sort of doing that thing it was yeah. like indie music which wasn't my bag but it did make everyone start doing bands. And that, and it was like, I think it was just a generational thing, that right time, right place. Yeah. And if I, if they'd have all been into football, perhaps I'd have started playing football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just yeah. like, that's what everyone was doing. And you might remember around Chelmsford, all these venues opened up that were wicked, like the Army, Navy and the Y, and they started putting on really good bands that you were reading about in the NME and Kerrang! every week or whatever. Mm. And um, so it was like, it was just a lot going on. So it was like you could do it and start a band and be, shit and then go and play in front of a crowd pretty quickly so it was like yeah i think that's the reason i sort of got dragged into it, it was like all oh, right you're off there was a, a, an actual thing to do with it not just in your bedroom you know yeah i mean i think we're really lucky as well how healthy the chance of music scene Mate, always uh, was yeah no tell- I, I was just yeah. about to say I, I had this discussion with someone the other day and when you talk to other people about their hometown like we had it off you know what i mean there was like when you think yeah. about what it was like and i was saying this to someone it sounds like an old father time story now but i literally used to go out and you go well i go down the army navy i'll check out so and so who's my mate's band they're opening up for 
whatever who's on tonight. I'll see them. Then I'll walk over to the white and I'll see like the middle act there. Then I'll go to the placky bar and I'll see so and so. And it was like they'd like you know there'd be venue off venue. But in one night you could just go and see like four different bands, four different genres, you know, and it would cost like nothing or you yeah. blag it in or whatever. And it just felt like that for a few years. There was something going on all the time and everyone you knew was in a band. So it was like, there was always something happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, because you guys were like a few years before us, but yeah. it was still the same. Like you could just tell like when you were in it. I remember my next door neighbours when I was about 15 and I told them I was playing the Army and Navy and they were like yeah. so impressed. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. they, to them, it was like a... Well, like, that's where actual bands there, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. There was always that. Yeah, and they did. They, they were so good for like getting the up and coming bands at like the right Massively. time like Muse played there and yeah. I saw Biffy Clyro there in front of about 30 people yeah. dude I saw and, um, Radio at the YMCA did you really yeah, yeah. the y- uh, the Charles yeah. Y yeah oh, no yeah. way man I was yeah. there trying to nick the pedals no like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was that like and you just think we were really spoiled and there was just a few I don't know if it was foresight in this or just again right people right time but being a little bit of a satellite of London I think people would come out yeah. to play you know in the Badlands but also you know you had cool people who like you know like Martin the landlord of the mm. Army Navy who had the sort of foresight to go well this is a great big chav pub that's mm. not pulling anyone in what's happening around the area and he could see that there was just a load of scruffy kids in bands and he was like right we'll make this the, the hub yeah and make you know make it the base for everyone and you know and just you know that opened it up for everyone I yeah yeah it was such a shame when it went man i couldn't get in when it went but i saw we went there uh couldn't get in and i saw someone running with a urinal <laughs> Because it got smashed up real bad, didn't it? Yeah, of all the things to nick in there, that's not the thing I'd (laughs) be after. I worked there for like a few years. Oh, really? Yeah, well, that was... I don't know, uh, what's what's your allowance on swearing on this? Is it? Oh, mate, yeah, go for it. Oh, wicked, right, I'll tell a story then. But the reason I got the job there was because I was was walking... I was living in uh, East London and I was playing with a band in Chelmsford and one Sunday morning I was coming for rehearsals. I used to carry my amp and my guitar on the train and all that shit. And I was walking past the Army Navy and Martin, the, the big landlord there, he was hanging out the front smoking. And he literally, as I walked past, he see me with like my punk hair and my leather jacket. He's going, hey, you spiky, <laughs> you want a job? And I was like, what? He goes, trying to fill this place up with fucking wasters like you. Come and oh, see really? me about a job. Yeah, and that was, oh, like, mate, that was the interview. And, I, and then I was working there like <laughs> fucking two days later or whatever. You know, but he just had that foresight to go like, yeah. oh, well, this, it's not made, it was huge, that place, wasn't it? And he's yeah. just not ever going to fill it full of chav. So he was like, yeah. let's just fill it full of, you know, fucking indie kids and, yeah. and punks and dropouts, you know. Yeah, so definitely. Boat. He died recently, you know that? Yeah, I did. I, I did, because I'm right. on the Army and Navy uh, page. Right, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. um, I, I love seeing all the old flyers yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything and up there, just being like, shit. Yeah. And so, all the old photos, it's great. Yeah, it's great. It brings back really nothing but great memories. Have you man. seen your bands? Have you seen your band? Yeah, the I saw literally yesterday for the first time. Yeah. opening up for Australian Nirvana. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the heady, the lofty heights. I bet that was a fucking Ramo gig though. That's the thing. If you say that, it was always, always put something on. Sean 
and um, Sean Hudson, uh, the promoter there, and John Dunn, the other one at the White. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, between the two of them, they covered everything, didn't they? From Absolutely. like the shittest of the shit to like the yeah. best of the best. Rock bitch, they used to play oh, there all the time. Remember fucking, that? Oh, I'm trying to forget that. <laughs> I worked one of them nights. That was rotten. <laughs> fucking disgusting. There's a, a documentary about them on YouTube. Uh, I saw it the other day, and. Um, yeah, they 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 were proper. I didn't. I thought they were like a just a band, and that this whole com, golden condom thing was a rumor. Yeah. For those who don't know, they would throw a golden condom into the crowd, right? And yeah. I think it was the basic premise was pay for the gig, walk out with hepatitis or something. <laughs> you know, that was but their vibe, wasn't it? I didn't realize they were like a proper cult. They were yeah. like they lived. They all lived together. Yeah. Like yeah, it was nasty. I yeah. Think. I was just because I, I saw it on like a cult documentary series, yeah. and, were, and I was just like, "Holy shit, that's the band that used to play at yeah. Army and Navy all the time." It was nasty. Uh, that, they, they were like sort of. That's weird because that was they were the one that always springs to mind when I think of the Army and Navy as well. Was like when you just one of the things you just think, "Is this really happening?" Because <laughs> we were only like I was only like a kid then. It was like this is fucking rank, you know? What I mean? Yeah, like, I don't get this at all. But yeah, yeah, nasty. Look like let's meld together like. Paid sex workers and rock, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck's that all about? Do you remember your first gig? Uh, not necessarily at a venue, weren't, just first gig. First gig, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah? Yeah, 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 I do. And I, I, I just remember it was at, um, I think it was at like a garden party. Right. You know, when someone goes, when it's like Friday night or something, someone phones up pissed and goes, yeah, you, mate, my mate's got a party, do you play in a band? And one of them, <laughs> and then before you know it, you're in a car, like going over there going, well, we can do that one, you know that one we jammed the other day, we can do that one. <laughs> and like... And then doing that, you know, it was like that. Yeah. And then get there, it was like, oh, just, yeah, fucking terrifying and surrounded by strange hillbillies eating barbecue. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I think, it was somewhere in Colchester. And to this day, I've got this like, vague feeling of like, it's, you know, we go, I know that <laughs> happened, but I can't really, I think I was so scared that I can't yeah. remember doing it. You know what I mean? I can remember the feeling, like <laughs> flashbacks, you know what I mean? Yeah, like PTSD. Yeah. Was that your first band? I think so, yeah. And what were yeah. you guys called? Um, the Culture Sluts. Although we might have been called something else before that. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. What, that you can't say? Or you no, can't I can't remember. <laughs> I think there was about eight different... We, we changed the name every week, you know, like bands do. Yeah, yeah. And it was usually something fucking ludicrous, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. To, like whatever whatever someone thought up that day, but the one that stuck was the Culture Sluts. That's a that's a cool name. It, yeah, it's not I bad, like actually, it. is it? Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was very punk at the time. Yeah. But, um... And and we were very punk in a kind of comical way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, I mean, I think as some great wit put it once, we were walking down Chelmsford High Street, like the, the lead singer, um, Pee Wee, as the name suggests, was about three foot high, and then there was me <laughs> about fucking like, seven foot high. And we were walking down the road and, and some like some chav yelled out, and we went, oh, look, fucking Sid Vicious is back and he's brought his monkey with him. <laughs> yeah, so we would like try to look tough and run away. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Do you, do you remember any of your songs? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, because that, that was like I said, I was 
Um, like Pee Wee actually went on to be a frontman in another band. He was really fucking good frontman. He just had so much bollocks, you know, yeah. so much ball. But when we first started, I suppose like ludicrously, I was like the more musical one. Do you know what I mean? Because I had right. owned a guitar for six months or whatever, you know, like. And uh, so I was writing the words, and he'd sort of write some of them, and I'd sort of write the songs, as it were. You yeah, know, but they yeah. were so fucking primitive. But yeah, I can remember them. Like, do yeah. you remember any of the t- uh, titles of the songs? I do yeah, we we did we recorded a little. Do you remember? Um, there was a studio in Chelsea. I don't know if it was going when you were going called Adelaide. Do you yes, that place. Yeah, yes, we went. I do Adelaide Studios. Yeah, because uh, it was Grant. named after his Nat Grant. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he named it after his nan or something. That's because yes, he lent right. him the money his to nan, start yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, yeah. That. We went and recorded like a four track demo there. And like we'd never, I don't think we'd played any gigs at that point. It was just, you know, like you did then. It was like, well, well the yeah, next obvious yeah. step is to get these fucking gems down quick, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And, I, and there were four tracks, I think they were called um, Anorexia Girl, um, uh, Five Gates of Hell, and uh, Dropout. So, as you can guess, like they're all really like punk themes, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Except Five Gates of Hell, I think, was actually the name of some like sex aid that Pee Wee had seen in a, in a pool mag. <laughs> Five Gates of Hell. It was so, hell. like some strappy thing that you put on your dick. Wow. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's a great thing I'll to Google write a song later. about. <laughs> so I was like, all right. Do you remember any lyrics or even like that? I'm not even going to go there. No. No, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I probably could at a stretch, but uh, yeah, they weren't exactly. They weren't going to win any prizes, you know what I mean? <laughs> and do you guys go on to do any other gigs? Like, yeah, we played yeah. a lot. Like that was really yeah. where I sort of learned to be in a band, right? You know? And it was uh, to this day, it was the most, you know, like all like you know, like your first bands when you're kids. Yeah, they're yeah. the fucking most like being in a famous band. Yeah, ever gets you know what I mean? Because yeah. you all live it like you're doing it for real yeah so it was just like constant partying constant hammering it hardly any playing like any practice you know we mm-hmm. practiced all the time but we never really got much better we got better at running through our shit but we never really progressed like it wasn't like we wanted to progress musically we yeah. just wanted to get really good at being really bad you know what i mean and yeah. being really loud and so like it was like one of those bands. it was so much fucking fun yeah like the most fun of a band you'll ever be in because it was just like like kids being like you know version of anarchy you know yeah, so it yeah, was yeah. like what we're going to do next i oh, would we'll do this we we'll do that you know and it was yeah it was wicked it was really good fun but we did a lot of stuff and that's kind of where i learned to you know as you your apprenticeship of being in yeah. like a practice band before you get like a, a proper band as it were so you would have been playing just guitar right just guitar yeah and yeah, were you yeah. doing bvs or anything like that no i used to have a mic so that i could tell people to fuck off when they were throwing <laughs> things and that was like, you know, like you'd always, that's how like sort of kiddish it was. You'd go, well, I want a mic. He's got a mic. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. Well, I'm having a mic. So you all had mics well, so you, you could say that. talk. Some band members, like, that's the last thing, that's the last thing they oh, want. No, we especially didn't. if they're doing like backing vocals and everything. Because yeah. I've always found it interesting, like, how singers end up becoming singers, especially in like alternative bands and that. Because a lot of the time it comes from like, well, I just, no one else would do it yeah, or anything like that. Thing, but yeah. like, and obviously you've already uh, spoke a little bit about how you were already writing the lyrics and it was your, your friend kind of convinced you but how did you find that transition when you first went from playing just to not even having a guitar because yeah. I guess you might feel a bit naked or yeah, something definitely. yeah definitely and, and I think like my my thing was it, it was I, I, I struggled so much with the guitar thing like you saying about the backing vocals I was yeah. one of those people who could it's like patting your head and rubbing your stomach I could never do backing vocals <laughs> and play because I wanted to stop 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, be like, yeah. oh, no, 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 I can't do it. <laughs> so that was a no-no for me. But then when I went to doing vocals, it was like, oh, I can say whatever I want. Ow, I've got it in my head. Brilliant. And I felt really free with that. But then, like you say, I was completely like, what the fuck do I do with the, with the other 99% of my body? Yeah. And that's really where, like, my, if, if there is, like, a, I don't know, if I've got a stage persona or performance, that's where it sort of came from, really. Yeah. All the sort of running about and, you know, moving about and jumping up and down really came from, like, I, I don't know what to, I could never stand there with a microphone and, you know, like Liam Gallagher and yeah, singing yeah. to a stand. I could never do that. I found yeah. it far too, like, embarrassing and awkward you know what I mean so I just it was like okay well it become like I don't know like like an extension of what you were singing about you know what I mean like yeah. interpretive dance man <laughs> well that's the beauty of being a fucking live performer man yeah. isn't it yeah, you know yeah what I mean? and yeah. I always wanted I don't know about you but I always wanted to see I don't know for my money I don't want to fucking see the boy next door you know what nah, I mean I, I, yeah. I, I deal with bell ends all day I don't want to Go and say I want to go and see people for and to spend my you know disbelief for half an hour and just go oh mate that fucking I want you want to see a hero you want to see someone Absolutely, do the man. things that yeah. you you know you want to do yourself and you know, living it for the moment and then, you know. Oh, mate, absolutely. That's what that's that's what you're yeah, there definitely, for. That's, definitely. That's how you got to take it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just always thought my, my thing was as soon as I started singing, it was, it sounds really ponty, doesn't it? But it was like that no, freedom not at all, of, man. I did sort of kick me up the arse and I suddenly felt really like, it was the first time I felt really infused about it. I thought, oh, I really want to do this because it's mm. like, I fucking love it. It's like, you know, I feel like I'm, I understand what I'm doing now and I didn't before. I was just yeah. like, I know I want to, but I don't know why, you know. What was the um, what was next from culture culture sluts? And he said, culture sluts. And then I had like, I mean, I did a, a couple of little things, but then the next major one was um, there was a band from our hometown who were like the hometown heroes called Garp, right? And they at the time they were kind of like um, I don't know if you remember them. They were kind of like a pop will eat itself type, right? Band with like the first band I'd ever known at the time who had like samples and like rock right. guitars and and that kind of vibe. They were like the early things of those and they they were like the they were like the fucking chelmsford version of the beatles at the time they were like the big band from right. around there and that's how i met um kieran yeah um kieran who you know as well kieran yeah, yeah. and it was him who came up to me and and i was working behind the bar at the army navy and he said oh i've seen you playing the culture sluts he said like you look great when you jump around he obviously didn't fucking know i couldn't play <laughs> but he liked the way i looked and uh and he said oh you know why don't you come and audition for we're looking for a new guitarist because our guitarist is is leaving or whatever and, I, and and that was i went down and did that and that was when i very first met him and obviously been like a lifelong friend and, and yeah. in a band together in several bands together but yeah so that was the next thing i did and that was like a step up you know that yeah. was um you know we, we we actually went in a studio and recorded a proper record and had a record deal and and you know like we supported blur at culture really? yeah like you know which i you know, again, you sort of, I've forgotten that happened because I was so nervous, you know. Like, yeah. But we had some really good gigs and we, and we had like, they had a massive following at the time. They were like, you know, like, they're, oh, well, something's going to happen with this band, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's this, that, like, early to mid-90s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Must be like early, early to mid, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would imagine around 94, 90, yeah, 93, 94, I think. Um, maybe a bit earlier. But yeah, and and you know, 
and that was great fun but that again was like a real learning curve for me i was just like i think i learned about actually you know all that stuff that no one ever sort of like talks about like this kind of like being in a band the way it actually works a dynamic of writing songs with people and like the personalities and trying to get on with people when you don't necessarily click with them and yeah and like sitting in a van together for hours and like more a, a bit more grown up my first one the first one yeah. was like all fun and just fucking chaos and yeah this yeah. one everyone took it a little bit more seriously and there was a bit more like consideration about what you were doing you know how you looked what you know things yeah, we yeah were trying yeah. to do songs we were writing and stuff like that um yeah and then i did that uh, i for i suppose it must have been a i suppose it must have been like a couple of years i think yeah yeah what was it, a year year and a half something like that but did you yeah. guys tour? We didn't tour, but we we like we did that in between step, you know, where you're in it, you're hiring the van, you're going up to Manchester, yeah. you're yeah. doing it, you know. But it was never like touring as we know it, where yeah. you go out on the road and you're out for you know whatever a month, whatever. Um, but yeah, so it give you a bit of experience of like the grown up thing of yeah. going to other venues outside your hometown. How did you find out first? Yeah, it was good because it was because it was new, so it was it was a bit like going on. I was always a bit sort of um, dewy-eyed about it all because I, I, I always think everyone else knew what they were doing and I didn't. So I was always a bit like the kid going on the school outing, you know what I mean? I was in the van eating my fucking packed lunch before we'd even got out the drive, you know what I mean? I was always like, yeah, let's go, let's go, where are we going? And I'd never been anywhere. So yeah. it was like, you know, I'd been to the grand total of South End Seafront and then Chelmsford in the town centre. So yeah, it was like, yeah. you know, if we were going to whatever we were going to wales i mean we played in in tembe or something it was like you were going to fucking mars you know it was yeah like, oh, yeah brilliant you know um obviously when you got there and realized it was shit but, <laughs> you know but get all that way play to 20 people yeah exactly venue, that know? was always the thing yeah. in it it's like the journey there was like the best and yeah. then you'd be like <laughs> but didn't you sorry but did you always believe when you when you see the posters and and the, the promoter goes oh we're really pushing it. and you think yeah in your mind in your primitive mind you think this is it this is going to be like the fucking films. We're going to turn up. It's going to be loads of kids. Why would there be loads of kids yeah, coming to see yeah. some fucking band from Essex <laughs> who no one's ever heard of? You know, but you believed it and it got you all the way there, yeah. didn't it? In good spirits. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. And they were the best days. Yeah. I'll like, you it. didn't know it at the time, but they were the, be- they were the best days. Definitely. And, yeah. and some of my like longest lasting friendships came out of that band. Yeah. For, you know, that reason. Like, some, of, some of my longest lasting uh, enemies probably probably yeah. wrong, but like, no, but you know what I mean like it's funny how those things sort yeah. of it was the right age and it's sort of formative and you mm-hmm. know a couple of the guys in a band who I went on to do the next band with and, and they were a little bit older than me and a bit more musical and so you know it was a bit of an education for me I was a bit more you know unbelievably a bit quieter and a bit more yeah? listening right yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> I can always remember Johnny, the bass player, saying, coming over to me, and he said, uh, in rehearsal, and he went, it's really easy. He said, it's E, and then it goes to A, and then it's just like a minor. And I went, yeah, yeah, cool. And I turned around and thought, what the fuck's a minor? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, you know, you start looking around the walls for inspiration, and you can hear everyone listening to you play going, that's wrong. And then going, no, a minor. I went, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, minor, minor. What the fuck are his fingers doing? What's it, you know, it was like that. We use uh, self-taught guitar then. Yeah, unfortunately. That was all the problem. You know? I don't think I think that's, How can you self-teach yourself if you don't know anything? Do you know what I mean? That's like saying I'm a yeah, self. I'm also self-taught but... in like uh, Afro-Caribbean. And, <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? Like Latvian. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's bollocks, isn't it? You've got to at some point if you want to take something seriously, get some kind of advice or. But there's 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 always something that can work with that as well. I always think there's a certain style with some self-taught people that, yeah. that you know that there's there's a lot more passion. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I like to think 
you, like mother, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, all that. And I, mm. I was definitely one of those people who found out really quickly that, like, I can't, I'm never going to be able to play like fucking Steve Vai or, or you yeah. know, like, I'm never going to be able to play in it. Well, why would you want to? Well, yeah, why would you want to? But I just was not fluid like that. But yeah. I was a pretty decent rhythm player. And also, I liked, like, as soon as I got into bands like Fugazi, like the way they use their guitars yeah that fucking rung my bell straight away and i was like oh i can do this i yeah. like this and i like the way and i'm still a massive fan even now like the the, the latest album because i played all the instruments on that it, it has, oh, there's, there's lots of, yeah 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 but i there's lots of that kind of vibe i still like that you know with the guitars doing different kind of voices and it making the one sound together yeah. you know so lots of layering and stuff but yeah that was my jam totally it was like right okay i can i can deal with that good sounds rather than you yeah. know pentatonic scales and rock and roll solos that wasn't my thing at all and so where did we go from garp um garp was then we went to real tv real tv which was um kieran um who'd been a drummer in garp and johnny who'd been the bassist um we formed real tv with fraggle who was then in back to the planet and uh this guy called Fat Bob, who was, uh, he was like a, he was, was he, he fat? No, nah, not at all. He's tiny. He's, he's, <laughs> That's like, such an of experience. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's Bob. Which Bob? Fat Bob. You know, Fat Bob. He's, like, he's, he's Diddy. You know, Bob Erland. Yeah. Do you know him? No, he was I don't in, think I He was do. in the band Claw. I think he did. Um, no, I don't think I know. Yeah, well, he's he's a fucking really cool guy. But um, yeah. but he was like this little dude with dreadlocks who we used to see getting passed around at the Garp gigs, at, like in the audience, you know, yeah. like stage diving. He was one of those dudes. Yeah, and then um, yeah, and then we went off and formed Real TV, which was like a big slab of my life. Was that a, that was another step up as well from Garp, yeah, definitely. Right? That that was like you know when you go like we're beyond looks at this point. Like now it's like we're a bit older. Everyone, I can really remember that actually because everyone, like all your mates, it suddenly wasn't as cool to be in a band. It was a bit more of a like choice thing, you know, where it's like yeah. you're not just, you know, oh, we're actually doing it, you know, like where all your mates are starting to pair off, starting to buy flats or get married or whatever. And you're still that dude who's got no money. Yeah. And is fucking, you know, rehearsing every night yeah. and, you know, not out doing other things. Um, yeah. And so that was like, they're like right the big push like right, yeah. i'm gonna do this this is gonna be like my life man yeah you know, that well that stuff. that is it that is the thing in it you have the situation where yeah. you hit that age where you know we're like i'm there's nothing else yeah there's no there's nothing else yeah um and and it's like oh, i can't can't come to rehearsal tonight because my girlfriend's like he's out yeah fucking, you don't get it yeah, yeah definitely do you know definitely. what i mean yeah, definitely. And we were I can really remember that because Frag worked at um do you remember Amber Studios? Yeah. Yeah, well Frag yeah. worked there and we were basically we had a deal with um good old Paul Metcalf who owned it, who was fucking absolute trooper. He used to just basically let Frag let we could rehearse whenever we wanted. So none of us had any lives. So it was just yeah. like, right, okay, well, I'd get home, it'd be seven o'clock, we'd go to rehearsal Friday night, everyone else was down the pub getting pissed, we'd rehearse till two in the morning go home Saturday, we'd do the same. You know, it was mm. just like that every night. We literally rehearsed like five nights a week. It was like our social life was our band. Yeah. And um, But it did, you know, I'd like to think it made us pretty slick. You know, we were pretty, yeah. we were pretty good band for it. Um, and then that band was, yeah, like sort of takeoff. We, we threw everything into it. We toured continually um, the whole time that band was going. That's all I remember about it was touring. Yeah. And our first tour, which I'm really fucking proud of, because this is to me this was punk as fuck. Like there was this American 
like post hardcore band type thing called Civ, who were kind of big at the time. Is that CIV? Yeah, CIV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they, and they came over to uh, England to tour, and we were desperate to get on the tour. And so we literally just fucking put our sleeping bags in the van and just turned up at the first venue and said, Can we play? And they were like, well, not really. We can't pay you anything. You can go on first, at, like when the doors are opening. Now, fuck knows how we did it, but you know you got like such brass yeah. neck sort of thing. And then we did it, and then we did the next one. They did, and in the end, they said, "Oh no, yeah, we fucking come on." So we, they took us on the tour, and we did the whole thing. You know, that's it was, fucking awesome. Because yeah, fuck, right? Yeah. You know, like now you go like, just I'd getting, love to yeah. be like that now. Where you just go, I really like that band. Let's just fucking go just and get ask in them. the van. Yeah, we yeah. didn't ask. There was no like management thing. There was no like someone phoned their guy it was none of that it was just let's go and fucking meet him and go let us show you what we can do yeah and then would you mind if we open up every night and it was like yeah yeah I think it really bummed out the the, the actual proper support they, they didn't <laughs> like as much but we fucking blew we them, blowing them off every night the yeah, stage. Fuck yeah yeah definitely. there you go then and it was good for us for our morale like it really bonded us as a band because it was you know suddenly we were like yeah fuck fuck yeah go up you know what I mean like, like a gang you know how many nights did you do that for? I can't remember. It was quite a long, it was quite a good tour, but it was at least, I know we were out like sort of three weeks or something like that. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. And then we were just in this fucking ratty old van that we had the entire time. And I don't know how we did it. We were all sort of signing on, I suppose, in those days. Yeah. But it literally was like, uh, you know, like all for one and one for all. It was like, if we had like a quid, it was like, right, that's five bags of Monster Munch in. We'll buy four <laughs> and we'll nick one, you know, like, and, you know, and everything was it's the most communist band I've ever been in. But it was such a great feeling to do. And then just laying and we'd either sleep in the van or it which was hellish, or it would be, you know, crash around people's houses or find somewhere to fucking crash and it yeah, was all that. Yeah. But it was you know, it was exactly what you wanted out of it. It was like we're living it. We're not yeah. we're not in Chelmsford, we're not talking about what we're gonna do, we're just fucking making it happen fucking for ourselves. Getting off your ass and doing yeah, it. Yeah, and that, and it was good for us and we you know, we had so many things come like that for that band because yeah. you know um we fucking did you know we lived it we did walk it like we talked it and we yeah. really wanted to do it and people sort of picked up on that and you know we, we did really well with that band we had a great time did you get to the point where you're doing your own headline tours yeah, yeah 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 i mean like luckily for us um funnily enough rich who the drummer in gta he was really instrumental in helping that band i didn't know oh, really yeah he just walked into one night we were playing at um, a dublin castle and he lived down the road in Oval Road or whatever with Chris McCormack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is before I knew them. This is like 90s time and he's obviously the drummer in the Wild Arts. So we were pretty big yeah. at the time then. Yeah. And he just walked in there. He just happened to walk in while we were playing to about four people and we were going at it like we went at it. And he was like, oh, it's fucking great. That is, and no, oh, you should... And he got <laughs> us on the Wild Arts tour supporting them, which was like, for us, like, it, it, like the difference of being, you know... It was like basically the, the the difference of being in junior school and then being at university. It was like fucking yeah, hell, like, yeah. venues with pyrotechnics. And, you know, it was amazing. You know, like yeah, and uh, and that really broke it open for us. And then Kerrang, obviously, they loved us. And then Metal Hammer, and then we so we did tours with Metal Hammer, organised a tour for us. And oh, amazing, Kerrang, and, who you was know, on that tour? Oh, uh, it was Polkus and One Minute Silence and us. Wow, yeah, I remember they were like the. Oh, Irish um, rap band, yeah, right? they were, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I can't remember that dude. He didn't like me much. That, that singer guy, I seem to remember. Really, I think his name. I, yeah, I kept. I, well, I didn't help myself. 
Okay. <laughs> I think his name was Barry, and he, and he wanted everyone to call him something. He had some cool, like, nickname, like, I don't know, like, fucking Blade or, or you know, Scream or something. And I, and I just, all the time, I just was like, is, is, has anyone seen Barry? Is Barry around? You know, like... <laughs> Where's Bazza? Yeah, yeah, and he didn't like me much because of that. But, and um, I'm trying to remember, Medulla Nocte. That's the other band who were fucking yeah, rad. I don't think I know them. Oh, mate. Yeah, well, they, they the were trick. like one of my favourites. So yeah? fucking rad. Yeah, yeah. There's um, Paul. Um, he's still going. He does like, he's got his like his own thing now. He's like the fucking Mike Patton of the North Ears. Yeah? Yeah, he's fucking great. I really like his stuff. He's doing this thing called Dead Sheeran at the moment that's really, <laughs> it's, it's cool, man. Dead Sheeran? Yeah, he's wicked. What's that then? He's dry as fuck. It's just him and it's like, it's, it's a little bit like kind of, it's got a Sleaford Mods kind of vibe to it, but it's a bit more, you know, it's a, I, I think it's got a bit more grit to it. I, I kind of yeah. like it. Yeah, he's cool, man. He's really cool. And I, I just fucking, everything he does, he does loads of eclectic stuff and, like, I kind of follow it in the background. And he's one of those people I always think, oh, mate, fucking good on you. He's always doing something. And Yeah. yeah. But he, they were a great band. They were the one that, when we were doing that tour, like every night I, I'd be watching them. He was a great front man. And yeah. you know, the others were cool, but not so much my thing. A bit too metal, like, you know, Polkus and whatnot. Not really my bag, but yeah. Yeah, Majuna and Octave were fucking a genius. And they had this massive drummer who was about like 25 stone called Jammer, who's, who's unfortunately passed away. He was, but he was a lovely bloke, like gentle giant. But you know, you see someone, this guy would lumber up behind a kit and you'd think, fucking, what is this lump going to do? You know, like, yeah. he looks so out of shape and then he just fucking destroy it and they just destroy it with this breakneck sort of like you know post-punk hardcore type ferocious yeah. music yeah and he'd do that whole set like, bah, 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 bah. you know it's like oh mate yeah yes you know it's great it's killer yeah really good band one two three four oh sorry sorry what was the point for you where you were like I'm doing it now we're fucking doing it uh, when with Real TV, when we played the Phoenix Festival, um, fucking hell, these just keep coming up like a bad penny. The same year as Faith No More. Yeah. And we were the only, like, we were one of a few, like, unsigned bands to get on, you know, to get a spot on the stage. And, and it was like, you know, it was incredible. And that was just because we had a good following and through Kerrang and those magazines. We were always kind of like, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. You know, always, always waiting for that big break. We put a record out ourselves. We, we always, you know, we demoed for East West. We, we had loads of interest. We never quite got it because we didn't have, we just didn't have, we weren't one of those bands that had, you know, like you've got to have your anarchy in the UK, mm-hmm. you know, you're, or you've got to have your flagship, your your song, your, your yeah, catchy yeah. one that's going to open the door for you. And we just, we just didn't understand that concept. So we didn't have it. We were always trying to do too many different things and whatnot. Yeah. But we were a great live band, and so, yeah, that was when I really thought, fucking hell, you know, like, this is a real achievement, because, you know, all the other bands there were signed. Everyone was signed, everyone had, you know, support, and that, and there's us still yeah. in the band, you know, like, but we're up, we're above certain other people who've paid to be there, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, that, that felt kind of good. That was nice. How'd you go down? Fucking wicked. Yeah? yeah we had a wicked gig. Yeah, well, we, we just... You know, we'd always smash it. We'd always go at it like it was like your life depended on it. You know, yeah. like, this is it. I'm going to go at it. And then afterwards, um, like, hanging out, we was in the backstage area and it was, like, free booze and all that. And, uh, yeah, Mike Patton come up to my future stepdad, came up yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. We was getting a drink and, hey, hey, hey. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. hey. Don't know what to say to you. Hey. Well, he just come up to you and randomly yeah, started well, they, talking. They, they, yeah, well, they what, saw he'd, the set. He'd, he'd been watching. Yeah, they'd seen oh, the set. Mate. So it was like, you know, things like that. It's like you go like, they were like heroes. And it was like, yeah. fuck yeah, you know, like we're we're doing it, you know. 
Oh man! I mean, he so probably, cool. in retrospect, he was probably going, "Hey, get out of the way" or something like yeah. that. You know, like, but you know, when you're starry-eyed, it was, "Hey, it's my pony." He said hello to me. You know? But yeah, yeah, no, that was when I thought, "Oh, actually, we're getting somewhere." You know? Yeah, yeah. So we split up that night. Did you? No. <laughs> was there another band, V for Neo? Was was yeah, that, that was after, next. That was that next. Was next. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. In like was that a, basically real TV, but just a slight. No, it, we, 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 when real TV finished, and again, I think it was just exactly like I was just sort of saying, then we, we'd had all the exposure, we'd had all the chances we were going to get, and you kind of get like, you know, the house that's on the market for too long. Yeah. And it's, everyone knows yeah. it's a nice house. Why hasn't anyone bought it? But yeah. that's it, you know, and then it's just like the last chicken in the shop. And we we were a bit like that. We'd been going a few years mm-hmm. and we'd done some great stuff and we toured like fucking continually. We did so many good tours. And um, and then like, you know, like, but you're not going to the next level. You know yeah. I mean? Everyone's seen it. Yeah. No one's going to bite on it. No one at that point's going to go, oh, do you want to make a record or whatever? So unless you're going to do another DIY record, it, you know, it was kind of like a, uh, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't any animosity or anything like that, but it was like a literally like a kind of teary big cuddle and just like, we've all got to fucking try and push on in different ways. You know, Kieran yeah. went off and Kieran had an opportunity to go and play with Prodigy, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Frag went back to do some more other stuff with Back to Planet. John went to do his thing and Bob went on and did Claw. And then I went and did this band called Viva Finito, which didn't, it had no one from Real TV in it apart from um, a guitar tech. Oh really? Was, yeah, and, and Luke who came, Luke Smith who came and played mm-hmm. guitar, who's was fucking brilliant, um, and he's now like a producer now, like a really good producer and 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 um, still working in music. But yeah, and that was the next idea. And for some random reason, having discovered that I was a good frontman, I sort of then just decided that I oh, know what I'll pick up a guitar again, like a moron. But just it had <laughs> to be different from Real TV, so it was like yeah, it was back to doing you know, standing in front of a mic holding a guitar again. Yeah. And more sort of rock type vibe. Did you enjoy going back to that though? It was nice. I think I needed to at that time because yeah. if I'd have done another band exactly like Real T- it, it would have been, it would have been so shit comparatively because mm-hmm. you couldn't even, it's like, it was like splitting up with, it was like your girlfriend going to university and you're having to split up. It's right. like, it's not you want to split up. It's just like, you know, it's, it's a necessity because yeah. of circumstance and you still really love it you know, but or love each other, but you you couldn't go straight into another relationship to replace it, and exactly you'd just be like trying to do a crap version of it. So it was like yeah. I've got to do something, even if it's not that comfortable, completely different. So it was like no more spiky air, no more jumping around, no more any of that shit. It was a yeah. bit more, a bit more, a bit more controlled, um, and a bit more song led after the right. after the real TV thing. There was a few more singles there, and yeah. you know that sort of vibe, and it was good. It was really good to do. One thing I was gonna—you uh, said earlier we demoed for East West. I don't know if this still exists anymore. That was when a label would give you some money yeah. to yeah. go and record, yeah, and then they'd like have first dibs on you if they yeah. liked it. Yeah. Otherwise, you could just keep yeah. the, the the recording, right? Yeah. They they sent us to this place called Linford Manor, which is just fucking rad. Like we we were like you know we're used to like squalor and all this and that, and they put us in with this guy, a producer called Brian New, I think his name was. And he produced Dub War, who we liked, and, yeah. and some other bands that we liked. It was like, right, rocking. And they just sent us in there and said, right, just just do us a bunch of songs, your favourite songs or whatever. And and it, again, it was like, right, right the most like, up-to-date studio and all that. And yeah, and they just mm. basically have a sniff at you and say, what can we get out of you? And um, and they got out of us a load of like, like oh, this is great. 
this is really interesting B sides. You know what I mean? It's no singles. Oh really? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah. That, that was. I mean, those days are fucking gone, right? No, definitely, yeah. definitely. Did they throw quite a bit of money at you? I don't know if it was a bit of money, but it must have. I mean, there was like. It was unheard of. It was like going to stay at a really nice hotel. Right. Like oh, so they just booked and, you into yeah. the studio. Then right. We, then you, it's residential, so you go there and it's right. like, there's a cook, and we, we just couldn't get our heads yeah. right. We were just sleeping on floors and asking people to play first on and all that shit. And then like, <laughs> it's like, oh, no, the, well, the cook's here. What do you fancy for dinner, you know? And we're all like, right, okay, yeah, let's, let's have all, as much as we can fucking eat, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, it was great. It was great fun. But, yeah, they didn't. It, we didn't come out of it. And then listening back to it, like always, you can't see at the time. You're like, what? What? This is genius. And then yeah, yeah. listening back to it now, I think I listened to one a little while ago. Enough, I was like, fucking hell. Fuck me. That's ropey. <laughs> you know, like, what? You got any song titles? Anything you can remember? Um, I think on the demo we did, um, I think, I can't fucking know. I can't remember. I think there was a song called uh, Not Sleeping. Um, which was like the most poppy one, like we, one we had high hopes for, and then listening back to it, it's like, oh my god, it, what were we thinking? It should have been called not thinking, not sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, another one called Perfect, and, and I can't remember. There were some others, but I can't remember yeah. the names of them. But they were. It was a lesson to us as well because that was very early on, and in a way, we we sort of the only bad thing about that band is we were so keen. We did all our growing up in public, which I think works against us later mm-hmm. on. Because we should have really been gone in, you know, started off being a band for longer before we went out. But we were so excited to play yeah. that we went straight out playing. Everyone saw you do all your growing up in public, so they probably saw you with your least accomplished yeah. set, with your roughest sort of thing. You know, that came later, and mm-hmm. people who were into it sort of stuck around for it. But I think label people don't work like that. No. It's like, you know, they yeah. may keep one eye on you, but. In the meantime, there's other more polished things, yeah. you know, on the agenda. So, yeah, yeah, we kind of missed the boat a bit there. Look at this. It's called a sampler. Look, look, you do this. Yeah, yeah, you hear that? Every chorus, bang, bit of impact. And then we did it. Oh, hang on. No, sorry. I don't know how to turn this off yet. Is it? It's one of these. Something like that. Right. What do you reckon? Gives a bit of an edge. Do you remember the old... Uh the wire done it especially with the old flyers you get a pound per oh, flyer yeah, you used to yeah. give it in yeah, yeah. But, but I mean I, I don't know about you is it, right, like, honestly be, be honest with me was it ever about the money for you then no never because I didn't give a never. fuck about that like you know like there'd all be one person about Frag was probably a bit grown up in real TV and he was a bit more conscious of the fact that the van needed petrol and all that mm. I, I was just the last thing on my mind yeah. and then at the end of the night when everyone's running around going we get paid we get paid I was like what we get paid as well like or do we I don't know yeah, I, no, I don't think I've ever made any no. a, any money I think I, in fact the first ever gig I done like at a venue was Chance of Wire Club right. and we got I think we got I need to do the maths here we got 16 quid each fucking so nice so what's that so it's about 40 40 something yeah. people wow. from the flyers and I was only 15 at the time and I remember buying McDonald's and just thinking <laughs> 16 quid yeah like yeah. I can't believe I've got 16 quid yeah. for that that's over a week's pocket money yeah yeah and um I think that was the only time I would have walked away being happy of what we were yeah, got yeah, paid. Yeah, yeah. But no, it can't be about the money because you're fucked from, yeah, from the get-go. Well, I was like, isn't it weird, though, that you make that, you know, like we were saying earlier, like that conscious decision at some point or unconscious yeah. decision that this is going to be it. What the fuck for? Do you know, know what I mean? Man. Because, like, on paper, it's the shittest yeah. occupation. Yeah. Like, and, and people got this delusion about it. It wasn't even like, 
to this day, people going, oh, yeah, but, you know, like, and, like, having a great, like, and all the drinking and the drugs and the birds. And it's like, if only you knew how fucking yeah. little there was of any of that, I reckon less than what people would have by being a some sort of chav. Yeah. I reckon they'd get more birds, drugs, and booze in their life than you do being a musician yeah. any fucking day of the week. And then I was the same, never made a penny until Grand Theft Audio. And I'd yeah. been doing it for years at that point. And it was, even that was like a fucking shock. It was like, I don't, I don't know what to do this. It was like someone had given me a hot coal in my hand. It was like, <laughs> uh, 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 I'm holding this for someone. I don't know who it is. You know, although it did get paid, you just saying it, it's come back to me. And I've got to mention it because it's Sean Hudson at the Army and Navy. He paid us a pound once for a gig. <laughs> <laughs> fucking prick he walked out and went uh, yeah no I've had it and he, with a straight face uh, yeah it wasn't as good as I thought uh, here's your money here's a pound <laughs> and I think our drummer threatened to beat him up but you know but it, obviously that never happened he's, oh. a, he's a star I don't mean big Sean. up Sean yeah love he's that awesome guy. yeah yeah but I do love the fact that he had the fucking front to do that and he's, he still he, he's never let me forget it either I paid <laughs> you a pound yeah it's funny man like those back in the van days my fondest memory is sitting on my mum's uh, patio chair in the back of a rented <laughs> van, about. just holding, holding like the wood that's built into the, the yeah, sliding yeah, yeah, door yeah. to just stay, just stay up. Yeah, this was in Hounds, was it? Uh, Hounds and Little Joe Zero. With I mean, like we used to uh, hire vans all the time. We'd we'd like take the day off work. Yeah, uh, all chip in for a hire van, uh, drive there be like nottingham on a wednesday yeah drive home and all just be like sitting in the back of the van going oh i gotta be gotta yeah, be working gotta be three and, hours yeah 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 but, and um but it was fucking magic yeah. like i would never never change that it, weird, it must be a common thread in musicians that that elemental level maths doesn't exist does it <laughs> where you go i've taken a day off work <laughs> so i've lost my wages i've hired a van so it's cost me that we've got the petrol we've got that and in, in for some fucking reason in my mind i thought it was all gonna tally up yeah like yeah. you get home and it's problem solved uh i've got some money in my pocket it hasn't cost anything i've had a great time and magically i've gained seven hours to sleep <laughs> do you know what i mean and it's now the fucking sun's coming up and i've got to be at work in an hour and a half yeah yeah and it's just yeah. weird we've all done it the hardest thing would be to uh, work the next day how's the gig oh yeah it was great man yeah. it was amazing oh yeah how many people there uh, <laughs> i can't tell Don't matter. yeah yeah, yeah. Don't know. With the it's lights not, shining yeah. on you, it's really hard to see how yeah. many people are out It's a there. massive room. It's a massive room, so it's really hard to judge. There was nothing yeah. more demoralising than those long, far away ones where you get there. I always remember this, where you go like, I don't know, Princess Charlotte or somewhere in fucking York or, York or somewhere a long way off, and you get there and you'd be like, okay. And then like the support band or whatever, go and they've got fucking Ramo. And you go like, oh, mate, we're on. We're on. And you start believing your own hype, didn't you? Going, mate, they fucking know who we are. They, this is it yeah we're big in york and then you realize it's just all their mates and the minute they're off they fucked they off fuck and there's off you home. and uh, like two <laughs> disinterested people and you think oh mate i've got to go and plow through this now so many of them it's like shitting yourself in a swimming pool everyone yeah. just fucking goes <laughs> definitely <laughs> i think i'm the only person in the world to have done one of those gigs as well like where you've got literally two people yeah there. like i mean i'm not the only person to do that but i think i i'd say i'm probably in the very small percentage that's done that sort of gig to two people and had one of them start a fight with me <laughs> in the middle of the gig punch me in the head and you say how does this fucking happen do you know what i mean i'm in an aircraft hangar with the one lunatic in in this whole city who wants to come and have a fight <laughs> you know like it's fucking horrible that is 
And then it's just awkward because you just think, well, I, I don't know about doing the next song. I'm in a mood with you. You just hit me, you know. <laughs> I remember this one venue. It, it was in London and um, the the bar was in a different room to where the music was. Right. But they had TVs in the bar. Oh, of, okay. And some of our mates came down to watch us and they were the only people that were there. And they obviously stayed in the bar because they yeah, wanted to be in to a bar. Yeah, just to fuck you over even so more. Like, yeah. <laughs> we brought, didn't only just play to an empty room. The only people who were there <laughs> were our mates the and they didn't fucking watch us. <laughs> fucking hell, yeah. How did that, that sounds happen? right. And some genius fought that up as well. Make, make it vibey. <laughs> Thought it was a good yeah. idea. Yeah. When you're bowing to kiss the ground You're really learning to shut your How did the Grand Theft Audio thing come about? Well, that that to this day was like black magic, I think, because I, I as I said, I'd had a brief knowledge of Rich, um, the drummer, through the Wild Arts and through the Wild Arts tour, but I didn't really know him. We didn't like become mates or anything. He, he sort of made mates with Kieran. I, I, I was like, who's this fucking guy? He, he looked like Slash at that point. He had big curly rock hair and he was all smoking Marlboro Red and he's just not the sort of dude who I sort of hung around with I was a bit more sort of punk rock you know yeah and then out of literally out of the blue I was I'd gone back to live at my mum's for a short while because I was obviously getting more and more destitute being in Viva Finito and I got a phone call there and to this day I don't know how he got my fucking mum's number or anything but he got my mum's number and, and Rich phoned up I went all right uh uh, we're doing. I'm doing this project with this this mate of mine, Ralph, who's a producer, and, and we got some songs. And uh, I just wondered if you want to have a go putting some vocals on. And I was like, okay, you know, like just just random, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think that had Jason from A, you know, that band A, who'd yeah, been yeah. and done some. And they would kind of the vibe them was they were going to get different vocalists. I think that was the plan to do right. different songs. It was just Rich and Ralph's project, and that was it. And he said we got a studio in. Um, Kentish Town, do you want to just come down one day and and just just put some things down? And they sent me a tape, fucking tape, um, yeah, of of like the songs. And they sent me "We Love You" and 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 one other one. Um, and I just on the strength of "We Love You," I was like, oh, I really like that. It's good. So yeah. I, I went down there and did it. And that was that was it. And I didn't really know any of them. I didn't know either of them before. I didn't know Ralph before, and I I didn't really know Rich that well. So it was a bit of a strange scenario, you know. It was like uh, like one of those readers' wives hookups. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, a little bit <laughs> from the eighties. You know, like we can accommodate, we'll travel. You know, yeah, come, yeah, come yeah. Come to our come to our pad and meet us. And you guys gel like straight away. I think so. I've, I've, if I'm really honest, I think I, I think I, I thought like, oh, who are these two fucking old dudes doing this fat boy slim music? <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? And they probably thought, oh mate, why did we get this fucking lemon down? Because I, you know, I'm not a great technical singer or anything, and and you know. But yeah, for some reason, I think we we just yeah we like as people we we definitely got on well well, well enough. They fucking asked me back, so yeah, you know, yeah, and I and I like them well enough. So yeah, we yeah it kind of clicked, and then um and then once we started doing it, it just things happened really quickly. So it was you know seat of the pants stuff. Yeah, it just felt like one week I met him, the next week we were signed and and we were on tour. Yeah, so it was really strange. Really strange. Whirlwind romance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What were the first gigs like? 
fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah, well, because we never, we, you know, I mean, you, you might know a little bit because you know Chris, but we, we, we weren't a band, you know. It was Rich and Ralph and then me, I'd come and done this singing and then we carried on and got, like, pretty much an album's worth of material. And then we got Chris McCormack in the band, the guitarist, because he was a mutual friend of me and rich which i was like over the moon about because it was like finally i've got someone in it with me who i know and i yeah, like yeah. And we used to hang around a lot together and i loved chris and um but the first time we even stood in a room together and played was doing the video for the for the first single um, oh really yeah we never we'd never played or anything and the we love you video was like what got us a record deal so we'd never played a gig we'd never played in the same room and it was just like we turned up that day, filmed a video that went to America, went to this attorney guy, went to the label. There was like a brief bidding war, and we went out and ate loads of fucking dinners for like two weeks. Wow! And Sony and Def Jam and every label came and took us out. And then we signed, uh, signed to Warner's or to London um, again. Fucking faith them all will not leave me alone in this <laughs> in my life. It's only just coming clear now. Is yeah, and obviously my stepdad, Mike Patton, um, <laughs> they, they, Faith No More were on Slash or whatever, and, that, and that's yeah. why that's kind of one of the things that swung it was they had all these cool bands. It was like, oh yeah, we'll go with them. Um, yeah, so that's how it happened. And then the first gigs were in America. Our very first shows, I think. If I, I don't think I'm making it up, I think they were. What did we do in England? One, I think we might. Yeah, no, we went to America first, and it was yeah. in Florida. And it was just weird. Wow. And I was standing on a proper tour bus. I always remember that. I'd never been, hardly ever been abroad, which was weird. So the others had, but I hadn't. So I was a bit like, fucking hell. And we were on a proper tour bus, like you see on films, you know, and standing there with a tour manager with in-ear monitors. Yeah. You know, and they're like, you know, like doing that thing, you know, like where NSYNC or Boyzone are standing waiting to go on stage. It was like that. And he was like, right, guys, you're on in five you know like doing oh, the fingers like, not that but you know, kind yeah, of I like that saying, and then we went and played yeah. this gig and like it just was weird and we'd sort of had never played together really we'd done a couple of rehearsals in John Henry's and then went so it was really like strange totally different from anything I'd ever done before after all those years of hard work do you remember feeling like do you remember thinking anything while you're at the mills of like Fucking hell, this is like yeah. what I've already always heard about yeah. or anything like Yeah, it was yeah. really, really... The only word that I would say, well, the, the, the things I would say about it is I, I felt really out of my depth because it all happened so quickly. And after, like you say, when you've been working and working and working and thinking, oh, and you've got... You kind of build up an idea of how it's going to happen. And when it doesn't happen, anything like you think it's going to, it totally kicks the stilts out from under you. And you just think, yeah. oh, oh, hold on a minute, hold on, like, can we just go a bit slower, you know, and, like, we were suddenly, it was record deal, and then, like, publishing deals, and it was like, okay, well, you're going to have your own publishing deal, and I had to do that, and da-da-da, and I had some issues with, like, an old manager I had, and loads of legal stuff, all, like, it was all really grown up really quick. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I remember the the, the one that all, has always stayed with me was I, I was still wearing, like, this leather jacket from probably the real TV days, you know, where all the, you know, like, the, all the linings come out of it, you know, yeah. like your Kurt Cobain jacket when you've got no money. And uh, and it was winter, it was, like, December or sometime when we got the record deal, and I just... We hadn't had the money yet, but I remember, you know, well, you know this as being a musician, you know where you live all the time in constant fear of spending that 20 quid that you've got you know like that fucking whatever mm. little money you've got has to last you doesn't it and i remember walking down tottenham court road we came from we signed the deal and i'd come from the studio and it was one of the rare nights where like we didn't all go out together the others had stuff to do and i was sort of sofa 
surfing around London whilst all this was happening and most of it Chris's. And uh, and I remember walking down Tottenham Court Road and, and I was so fucking cold because the, it was like really bad weather. I had this leather mm. jacket on. I thought, do you know what? I'm going to just do something reckless, like buy myself a coat. And I went <laughs> I went and bought this massive like snowboard type parka that was like something exorbitant, like 50 quid. <laughs> spent all my money that I had, you know, like that's all the money in the world that I had. And I can remember doing it and thinking, I can do anything I like now because I've got a record deal, you know, like I'm having yeah. this moment. And I sat, I sat, um, do you remember where this story used to be? Yeah. And there was that little pub that everyone used to go to before the gigs mm-hmm. and after gigs, and it sort of looks out that alleyway onto the road. Yeah, yeah. I went there, and with the remainder of my money, I still smoked then, and I had enough money for a Jack and Coke and cigarettes, and I sat there in my big fucking puffer jacket, watching the world go by in this aperture, and thought, I've got no one to tell and nowhere to go, but I've got a record deal. And, I, and it just kept going over yeah. and over it. I just sat there on my own phrase, and that was it was wicked. I can remember it crystal clear, you know what I mean? Mate, and it felt like, I've done it, I've done it. That's so good, because my next thing I was going to ask you is, did you ever take a moment to take it all in? And that sounds like yeah. that was your, that was your well, yeah, moment. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't think I would have done, had because had, we were so into partying, that's mm. kind of was part of the thing of like, we, we really like fast forwarded as a, as a group of people to try and build a camaraderie because it wasn't really a band. You know, normally you're a band, you hang out, you go through stuff together. That's how I expected it to go. But with mm-hmm. GTA, it was a group of people flung together, given an opportunity, and then we had to take it, you know, like yeah. we had to prove ourselves. So it was quite daunting. And we didn't have no, no history to fall back on. So it was. It was all very fast moving and that was, you know, if we'd have been out, what we would normally do is be pissed all the time and be partying all the time to sort of kind of buoy ourselves up. Yeah. And that was the one time I just remember being on my own and actually thinking about it all and thinking, fuck, fuck, you know, I've, I've done it. Yeah. Like, Shall I find my mum? Or I didn't Mate, know what to do. that's such a cool story. Yeah, well, then it was those days as well where that never happens ever again. We were on the last wave of bands where... It is like that thing, you know, with the guy with the cigar. It's like, hey, you guys, I'm going to sign you for a million bucks. And, you know, and they gave us a fucking million dollars or whatever it was, you know, to, yeah. or, or whatever it fucking was. You know, but it was a lot of money. And, and he went overnight from not having a pot to piss in and not having had one for 11 years or whatever I'd been in bands to suddenly I I remember looking in my current account and going, oh, my God, like I, I don't even know anyone in my entire life who I've ever known who's had this much money at one time. You know, yeah. you go like, yeah, I was like, look at my, like, I got my publishing deal. I remember there's a picture I've got somewhere of me holding it, you know, like I've won the lottery. <laughs> and it was like, whatever the publishing deal was. But, you know, like, it's like for fucking more money than, like, I'd ever known my parents have. Or, and it was amazing. Yeah, it yeah. was incredible. It's like being a lottery winner, you know, exactly like that. And and really frightening and really exciting. And, and then that feeling of close on the heels of that comes, fuck, we've got a, you know, suddenly you've got to deliver, and that yeah, was that yeah. was suddenly daunting because I I just didn't understand that side of it at all. Mate, that's so that's a fucking. It's a good thing to have happened, right? Isn't it? So, like, it's a mate, good memory. Absolutely. And I don't think you know I wouldn't change that for the world, but it it was it, yeah it was, and especially after so long, it just seemed really surreal, and like like I said, like lottery winner feeling. Yeah, even you've worked for it. It just was like yeah. well, you, you really, and I kept expecting someone to go. Oh well, no, not really, you know. But it was like, no, you're going. This is it. The band's bought and paid for. This is your advances, your wages. This is your thing. And now you go off on tour and work, work, work. And hey, you guys are going to yeah. be the big hitters, you know. And at that point, that you know, everyone is talking to you like you are going to be, you know, what what Green Day are or whatever that because that's what they got you. They yeah, got yeah. you to make you halfway. Yeah. They want you to be massive, and yeah. so everyone is 
go team you, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's weird. Yeah, and it's weird. Like you were saying, it came out from nowhere, but it hasn't really. It's those years and years of grafting, meeting so, yeah. other people, and then, like, that was a moment for Rich. He must have always thought of you as that front man, that fucking great front man. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, you'd have to ask oh, him, but... I know the guy. I know yeah. the guy. Yeah, and that's come from just, like, years of playing and touring and, yeah. you know... I mean, when you put it like that, yeah, I suppose you're right. It's, it's like the planets colliding, isn't it? Yeah. And especially with that band, because it was so abstract, mm. like a group of people. So, you know, yeah, but I mean, you'd have to ask him. But yeah, it's just it's, it's luck, right time, right place. And But I do think I'm a massive believer in just persistence. Oh, you, mate, you're not in the game yeah. if you don't keep yeah. going. You, you know? can't be at the right place at the right time if, if you're, you're not moving. If you're in there, yeah. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah, and like I remember someone saying to me years ago, it's never been about talent. I'm living proof of that. It's never been about talent. You know, it's always been about wow, persistence. you're doing yourself a no, little but, disservice no, but, there. You know, talent goes to the grave unsung regularly. Do you know what I mean? There's clever people who go to the grave unsung. There's fucking... But mm. the people who you hear about are the people who just will not fucking go away. Yeah. You know? And at some point, if you can hang out long enough, every band will have its moment if you can keep it together long enough. But mm-hmm. it's fucking hard to do that, you know? Yeah. When did you realise you were a musician? Um, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if I do, actually. I don't think I'm a musician. Do you know nearly everyone I ask says the same thing? Yeah, I bet Pretty that's true. Everyone. The reason why I was asking it now is because I wondered if it was that moment when you were at the, uh, out by the Astoria having your Jack and Coke. No, because that doesn't validate it. I, t- musicians, to me, what it is, is like you're your perception of what a musician is because the reason I've never felt like a musician is because a musician to me right were those guys that spent wet break times in the music room playing piano right. and I wasn't one of them yeah do you know what I mean and they were those people to this day who you go in guitar shops who fucking noodle and pick up stuff yeah. and you know and can read and, and all that stuff that, that to me is so I, I've never felt like I've never felt like I feel like I'm more like a fucking um small town uh, Amdram society actor playing the part of a rock star do you know what I mean that's I love I that say. no but that's what I describe it as you know what I mean if I had to say well what are you I'd say well that's probably the, the closest fit yeah and for some reason I keep getting away with it <laughs> I think a lot of people in bands like I, yeah nearly everyone I've asked always says well I don't really know what a musician is they? and they say the same thing yeah. as you I, I see a musician what do you think it like, is then because I think it's skilled I know like, this is the thing I don't really know that's why I always like asking it because it's like people like one of the interesting answers I had was like, well, what defines a musician? What getting paid, getting paid to mm. do it for a living yeah. or like being good at your instrument or just playing an instrument. It's like when you're 15 and you're picking up a guitar for the first time, there's going to be people that go, oh, I wish I could play guitar and yeah. they'd see you as a musician yeah, and true. you'd be like, I'm not. I can barely put, yeah. play the bloody thing. And then you got people like yourself who've been like in very successful bands who's like, no, I'm not a musician. It's, it's weird, just a bit it? of a. Yeah. It's a bit of a yeah. vague. But you saying that I used to thing. do that. People like when I was a kid, kid, and someone owned a guitar, they were a musician. Yeah, it was like you know, exactly. And, and yeah, and it's. I think you kind of like most things in life. You kind of you kind of judge it by other people's assessment of you. Yeah, like, like I, I do it all the time. Like you know, like this this 
the, the album we've just finished, you know, like I, I played all the instruments on it. But that doesn't, but I would never think, oh, I'm a musician. That was just necessity. That's that's like, well, someone's got, you know, I want to get it, you know, I've got to, I've got to make something. So I'll, I'll put me shoulder to, you know, put me shoulder to the wheel and, and, and get on with it, you know. But musicians to me are people still that, I don't know, they wear glasses <laughs> and they've got, they got loads of curly thick hair and they wear those old fashioned cans and you know what I mean? <laughs> so ironically, you don't see yourself as a musician but technically, you're a multi-instrumentalist because you I played now, every hour. I just said that. Every... Like, no one's going to check. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. But it's weird, though. But uh, you know those other people? You must have met these people, right? I think I've met loads of these people. You meet them and you go, fucking hell. What? Really? Like, because they talk it such a great yeah. game. I'm this, I'm that. I'll do this, I'm do that. Well, of course, I'm writing this and that. And when you hear their stuff, you go, oh, that's shit. Yeah. And then you go away and think, actually, I'm fucking better than that. But I still don't think it makes you... I don't know. I've never felt that cocksure about like, well, I'm fucking, I'm a musician, you know. Yeah, well, because you don't feel like you got anything to prove. Yeah, maybe. I just, I just, I don't know. I just think it's such a, it's that's just a real sort of linear thing of like, I, I don't know. It's like a job description. I don't think being interested in music, music's art, without sounding, you know, it makes me sound a wanker, but it is. No, it and you know, sound and, a wanker and it's at kind all. of, you know, like you can't def- define it like that. You, it's, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't sit like it for me. I, I, I yeah. even, even other people who I really like musically, I don't kind of ever look at them and think, oh, they're a musician. They're yeah. a, I, I think, yeah. oh, this guy's got a cool angle. Or I yeah. fucking like the yeah. sound of that. I never think like, this group of musicians have produced this music. Yeah. Like, you know, it just yeah. doesn't... It's just not the language that my brain interprets it in. Yeah. It's all art, man. It's all art, baby. It is. Art and shit. All right, man. Well, what's going on with you at the moment? What's, what's happening? Going on? What's happening well, right now? Right now, well, um, we've got uh, GTA. Have got their first our first album in twenty years. I suppose it's nearly twenty years coming out. So we got back together. Um, wrote an, I wrote an album over kind of a lockdown period, really. Yeah. Um, and we sort of moved heaven and hell to 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 get it out. Yeah, yeah. So it's all good, man. So it's all exciting. So it's it's just like. Um, like, I don't know, second wind, is that what you call it? A second wind? Yeah. I don't fucking know, it's about my hundredth wind. <laughs> it's just wind. But yeah, hey, yeah, we all so need wind. Yeah, back back into the fray. Um, and like you said, we've done our first, we did a couple of warm-up gigs um, a few weeks ago. And that was great just to test out the band and just see if we could still, if it still made sense live, which thankfully it kind of did. Still to this day... One of the best front men I've ever seen. You have to fucking it, say that. Even though, I, even though I know you, when you came into the crowd, I got really nervous. Did you? People always say that. <laughs> then, then why is that? Like, do you know what? Because you're thing. unpredictable. Yeah, but people like, always think that you're angry. I'm not angry with anyone. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I always think, I'm. if anything, you're being a tit. You're not being, like, aggressive, or I don't think I am. But <laughs> and I can't even say, like, oh, I can't remember I was pissed. I'm not, I'm not pissed anymore, you know, but... Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. That's a really sweet compliment. Oh, I, I mean it. Oh, thanks, man. What was, the, what was the first time you ever like done that? Because that's such a fucking ballsy move. What, like in the audience? Yeah. Stuff? I, do you know what? You I don't just I'm... go in the audience, though. You abuse people and stuff. <laughs> Not so much now. Still a little bit there. Abuse them. I've seen you. Uh, I've seen you uh, get a little bit abusive. Yeah. As I, I, I do you know what? Can't... I think it's probably. I, it wasn't murder. It was manslaughter. That's what it was. <laughs> It, I don't know. I think right from real TV days, and I think when yeah. it was becoming a front man, and then having to figure out like what the fuck, it, you know, like you, it, I don't know. Again, you, I can remember that very first gig we did. It was at Christmas, 
um, the first real TV gig at the Army Navy. And just having that thing of like, I don't fucking know what the, the rules are for being a frontman. I just about know them for being a guitarist. You stand with your legs apart and you do this and do that and pretend you're Pete Townsend. And then like frontman, it was like I had all these different influences. And it was just like, just like being an explorer, basically. Yeah. And I just thought, well, what, what can I do with it that just I'm not seeing, but I'd like to see. And that's all I ever thought about it was like, do you know what? If I've paid five quid, I want to see that dickhead hanging off the fucking rafters. I want to see him try and break his neck. You know what I mean? Like, I want my five quid's worth. And that's how I went at it. It was like, all right, all right, cool. There's a bar there where everyone's, no one's fucking paying attention. I know what. Let's get that. And, let's, and, and I always wanted to, and I still feel like I, a big thing for me is like, I just think I want everyone in this room to go, whatever happens in the rest of your life for the rest of the week, fucking hell that was really fucking intense yeah. like I really like good or bad I just feel like fuck, fucking hell do, do you see you know did that happen you know like and because I, and, I want to feel like it as well yeah life's so fucking humdrum isn't it yeah you know why not I just think well it's just great while you're all there at that moment to just have this feeling of like well we all shared something I'm not sure if it was good or bad <laughs> but we've all shared it you know what I mean and that, that's how I feel like it's that's how I gauge if it's felt good or not you know yeah yeah but yeah, that was really the the thing with it is, uh, and that as well. Like, so I fucking hate standing up in front of a mic stand. It's just not for me. Fair play. You're better suited to being in the crowd, abusing people. I think so. Scaring people. Alright man, I got some non some weird questions that I always finish on for Hit some me. reason. Alright. If you're a boxer or a wrestler or a UFC fighter, what would be your entrance music? <laughs> I thought you could say name. And, and, oh, instantly, yeah, and name. You know that ticker tape parade went across my head and it was Soppy John. what would be my entrance music? I think it would be Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. Ah. I think I'd like that. That's and I'd good. come in I would come in, in a you know, a Panama hat yeah. and a leotard. Yeah, with a bull whip. <laughs> Soppy John. Unshaven. High kicking. <laughs> and I think my thing would be I'd go on to the centre stage in the ring and I'd grab that gold amulet thing that Indiana Jones gets, you know. Yeah. I'd do that bit. Sweep oh, that mate, off. You've fought this for yeah, I'm you haven't come spent, up with this. Just I've had like a lot that. of time on tour buses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be it. All right, what is the greatest theme tune, TV theme tune of all time? The Sweeney. It, oh, nice. No fucking about. No, that was bang. That do you know what it is? It. Because it fucking does exactly what it's supposed to do, right? Yeah. It goes, the Sweeney, the Sweeney, <laughs> the Sweeney, the Sweeney, over and over and over. It's just, fuck you. This is a Sweeney. That's what you're watching. No fucking around. We're not going to flower this up for you. It's a Sweeney. That's what all theme tunes should do. So, yeah, Sweeney, hands down. Mate, what song would you have played at your funeral? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. See, I'm not so quick on that. I haven't planned on dying yet. Um, that's a good enough answer. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a tough one. I won't even fucking be there, so what do I care? I'd probably, I'd probably, <laughs> for that reason, I'd probably have something really obnoxious, actually. 
or something, you know, something really fucking, everyone goes out, they go, oh, mate, I feel so depressed. It's like Pink Floyd or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like They probably get picked oh, a lot, Pink, Pink Floyd. I think they probably do, yeah. but I, yeah, well, maybe that, yeah, maybe that's not such a great one. I don't know, it's a tough one. Pink Floyd or something really fucking horrible drum and bass. Yeah. Something really untuneful and like, you know, like, as as you're, you know, being laid down and everyone's yeah. just sniffing and so it's <laughs> like, bam, 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 loads of sub bass and everyone feeling slightly sick there, something like that. And last but not least, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, I would give my younger self... Stop fucking worrying about it. Just get on with it. Stop worrying about it. Don't overthink it. Be a bit bolder. Have a bit of belief in yourself, maybe. Do you that think he'd listen? No. No. <laughs> I'd, I'd go, what does he mean? What does he mean? Does he mean that I'm not being too... Am I being... <laughs> I'd be, stop being so fucking neurotic. Yeah. Because you miss so much. If, you, if you're if you worrying all the time. And I was, a, I was a, you know, despite all the blarney, I was a, a terrible worrier. Yeah, and a terrible like you know you 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 never felt good enough, and then sometimes, all right, sound bite it. Everything can't be everything. That's what I'd say to myself. Oh, everything's mate, everything's not everything. That's great. You know? But it's true, isn't it? You yeah. know what I mean. And I, with me, everything was always everything. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that would be good advice for me. That's good advice for anyone, man. Sage, right? I, sound, I love it. Sound like I knew what I was on about. Yeah. What a prick. Oh, mate, <laughs> thanks so much for coming down and doing this, Dude, it's man. It's been wicked, man. I really appreciate it. It's been nice it. to catch up as well. Yeah, it's been great to see you, man. You're looking handsome. Ah, oh, well, this is an audio podcast, so anyone who don't know what I look mate. like, I'm a bit like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Mate, you make Brad Pitt look like a <laughs> fucking mug. He's sexy as fuck. He's got his top off. He's ripped. I'm like, phew, I'm like holding myself back. Well, I think on that note, we should call it a day. Let's mate, go. thanks a lot, Thanks, man. brother. Really appreciate that. Yeah, cool, man. That was really awesome. It. Well, there you go. Jay Butler, everybody, of Grand Theft Audio. What a legend. During that episode, you would have heard several tracks from their brand new album, Pass Me the Conch. I have no idea what that means. I'm sure it's one of Jay's weird little sayings. Or it might mean something really poignant. Or it might just mean, I don't know, pass me the biscuits. But uh, the album's absolutely fantastic. Along with their entire back catalogue, it's there, available on all streaming platforms. Get involved! And if you do get the opportunity to go and see Grand Theft Audio Live, take it. Trust me. He is one of the greatest frontmans you'll ever see. He really is. And what a lovely guy as well. I love that guy to death. And that's about a wrap for episode six. I just want to say another massive thank you to Jay again for taking the time out to come out to London and giving me his time and sitting down with us and telling us his story. I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. So thank you, Jay, and thank you, you, for listening. Now, before I go, if you want to follow us, hit us up on either Facebook or Instagram, or both, at the band before the band before. And if you want to get in touch with us, Email us at tbbtbbpodcast at gmail.com. If you've got a band story you'd like to share or you just want to let us know your thoughts on the podcast, I'd love to hear them. Anyway, I hope you have a wonderful short week, whatever's left of it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Band Before the Band Before podcast. You've been lovely. 
I've been average. I really appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Bye.